I'm Preeti. And we are just on our way across Canada and the U.S. living full-time on the road with our baby and our dog. And maybe a mouse. We think we have a mouse situation. I mean, we found some some uh, tortilla wraps where the uh, the package had been nibbled on and the first couple of the uh, the tortillas had oh, been no, nibbled all, on. All of, like, oh, the all of them. Ten of them. Yeah, like just like a little nibble out of every single one of them. Yes, yeah, so we cleaned that up and we thought, well, maybe where we got into it, we were also staying somewhere else where we had the food inside another house. So we thought maybe that house had a mouse. Yeah, we were in denial. And so we cleaned that up. And then today, this morning, we went to our dining table and sure enough, there's a bag of bagels and there was a nice nibble hole in the bottom and a good chunk of that bagel. I really wanted to have those bagels for breakfast. Yeah, those bagels went in the garbage. So we have bought some humane catch and release traps. Yeah, that's where we're starting. I hope it doesn't have to escalate from there. I hope the mouse just gingerly saunters in and enjoys a bite of bagels. Yeah, we put some bagels in there. Yeah, and it could have a pretty nice night, I think. And uh, yeah, and then tomorrow we'll drive him somewhere far, far away. Yeah, so hopefully that's how the story ends. I think we sort of knew that there was a possibility of having a mouse. We've heard other full-time travelers and, and whatnot having mice in their trailer. I mean, it certainly seems like a nice, warm little home for the mouse. Hopefully, the situation is resolved soon. <laughs> By soon, we mean tomorrow. <laughs> Without all of our other food being... In this week's episode, we are excited to catch you guys up on our time in California so far. Um, we headed to Palm Springs in December, so we spent some time there. We went to Joshua Tree for a camping trip. And then from there, we went um, into L.A., and spent the week before Christmas in Solvang. And so we're excited to share all of our adventures in those places. And then we're also going to pick up where we left off last episode, where we talked about preparing for full-time living on the road and talk about our shakedown trip and how that went as we tested all of our equipment before embarking on this new lifestyle. So Palm Springs, everyone talks about Palm Springs. And I was excited to actually go see it for myself. Yeah, it was your first time there. And everybody uh, seems to fly there for snow snowbirding. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I thought there would be snowbirds there, but nobody was there. The park was literally empty. Yeah, apparently the snowbirds don't come until January is kind of what we learned. Yeah, I think they stay home for the holidays and then they make their travels after that. But it's probably good because everything was closed. The pool was closed. The pickleball courts were closed. Yeah, the people that were there were pretty frustrated about the pickleball courts being closed. There were some pretty serious pickleballers and, um, yeah, some very upset folks. I don't even think I know what pickleball is. <laughs> they look kind of like tennis courts. But badminton something like that yeah but the resort hadn't adjusted any of their prices of course even though some of their you know marquee amenities were uh, not there to be enjoyed yeah but we did end up getting neighbors like a couple days into our stay and they had a motor home a motor home is a big coach bus that people you often see like i feel like musicians use those types of 
buses to travel around in. So they're pretty, they can be pretty luxurious. And so they had a motorhome and they took an immediate liking to Caden the moment they saw him. I think they were missing their own grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, we learned they both had, you know, careers working with children and were great with Caden. Um, yeah, they right pulled out the their, bat. yeah, the guy pulled out his wagon and was like, you know, carting him around in the wagon. And then Caden wanders over it to their campsite. And usually we're pretty, you know, clear with Caden that he has to stay in our campsite. So they were inviting us over. So we went there and then Caden like was kind of hanging around their steps into the motorhome and he wasn't like trying to climb it or anything. But the, the man was like, Oh, like, do you want to come inside? And he just like takes Caden into the motorhome and then. So like, I guess I can just go inside the motorhome. Yeah, sure. And then, of course, he invited me in, but I was just like, you have my baby. This entire time, I was chatting with his wife, and I lost track of Preeti and Caden. And eventually, I just thought, where did my family go? Um, and so we wandered around the corner, couldn't see you anywhere, and then, yeah, learned you'd been swallowed up by the motorhome. Yeah, it's both of our first time being inside a motorhome. And, yeah, it's pretty nice. They had very comfortable seating, a fireplace. Um, they had like a real ceiling fan in their bedroom, yes, a yeah. giant TV. But we were thinking that we've noticed that there's some people with these motorhomes that you don't really see them outside all that much. And, uh, and now we know why. When you go inside one of these things, it is cozy. I mean, you are well set up in there. And uh, I think we spent any longer in there would be in danger of wanting to buy one. So we didn't, we tried not to spend too much time um, getting comfortable in that motorhome. But Palm Springs in December, I think it was pretty, it was pretty fun just because of how over the top I think everything is. There's lights everywhere. All the palm trees are lit up. Um, they have every, so Palm Springs, I guess, has like a lot of different like the area itself has a lot of different cities. There's lots. There's like seven different cities. Um, but they're kind of a big blob in the greater Palm Springs. But because there are so many, each of them has their own kind of holiday festivals or activity. And so there are different tree lightings. So we went to one. Um, they had a fire truck actually come in. So they were doing a charity drive for toys. And so that was cool for Caden to be like right up and close to a fire truck. Then they also had the parade, and so I think I, did, I think I misunderstood how big the parade was because the last parade we went to was in Fountain Hills for Thanksgiving, and it was very very small. And I showed up like late, and I got a front row seat. So yeah, we, we showed up like just after the parade started. Yeah, like it hadn't gotten to our point in the route. But we could tell by how difficult it was to find parking that this might be a slightly larger parade than the last one we'd seen. Yeah, I mean, NBC was there <laughs> protesting. Yeah, when we saw the news cameras, that was another another big tip. We're really lucky yeah. to be there for their Christmas parade. It was nice, which though. Which was big. The floats yeah. were, it was at nighttime, so all the floats, it was a lights parade. So they were all decorated, and they had huge inflatables, and... It was really cool just to be kind of in that atmosphere. I think my favorite thing was the marching bands. You know, in, in Canada, yeah. you just don't get the marching bands as much. And uh, and so, like, it seemed like every high school across Greater Pond Springs was out celebrating. And just, like, the rhythm and the dancing coming down the street was so much fun with all the drummers. Yeah, definitely. If we were ever to go back there, 
I would go much earlier and actually get a spot at the road where you could see. Especially with Caden. We were like standing up on these like, I don't know, two cement like toadstools trying to hold <laughs> Caden up in the air yeah. so that he could see everything. Palm Springs itself has some really great stuff to do. Like, you know, you can take like this like cable car, I guess, up into the mountain. Aerial tramway. Aerial tram. Yeah. Um, but a lot of it is also like resorts and shopping and golf. And uh, we wanted to do some more adventure and exploring. And so we were hunting, as we always do on all trails, for like different hikes in the area. Um, and this was also our 100th day on the road. And so we wanted to do something really cool to commemorate that. So we found that there was this, um, this road that went winding up into the forest and into this mountain. And there was a hike you could do up to this fire tower. Um, now in the reviews, it said like the road, you know, could, was, uh, was unpaved, could be a little bit rocky. Um, <laughs> but it was like, I think it was like seven or eight kilometers yeah. of just like pretty rough, pretty rough road going, snaking up this mountain with switchbacks. And so Preeti and I are both holding on to the, like, I don't know what you call them, like roll bar handles or whatever they have <laughs> in this truck. And like, and we you were... really learn how to like contract your core so your body is not being tossed around. <laughs> I like tilted my seat forward and wedged myself into the seat a little bit more. So I wasn't bouncing around as much. And yeah. And, and if we just it's... like watch the kilometers count down as we were bouncing along going up this mountain. It's always so weird too. Cause like, you're like, how do, how does anybody do this? And then you get to the parking lot and there's like all these tiny, little cars there yeah a bunch of Subarus like and little I, Subaru cross tracks yeah and I think we've realized that like yeah the truck is actually the suspension is so stiff yeah that it's not good for off-roading <laughs> you feel everything or we've learned that there's certain people that have absolutely no regard for or their vehicle, their vehicle. <laughs> but maybe both but, but we got yeah we got to the parking lot and we started the hike and it was I think I loved it most because there was snow and well, snow feels like home. We'd been missing snow. It was like, you know, get, getting up to Christmas time and we, uh, and snow for us means, means the it holidays. Means the holidays and the pine cones were <laughs> like, like as large as my head. They were like the bigger. length of my forearm, like, or bigger. Like That was just... my, that was so cool. It didn't take too long for us to get to the top actually from from the parking lot it was a it was a, a nice trail all the way up and then we get to this fire tower at the top where i guess you know you'd um i thought that sort of people visiting it were meant to kind of climb the tower and look out and then you know maybe pick up some kind of red telephone and tell somebody <laughs> that there's smoke in the distance but um we went up the stairs of the fire tower a little bit and found that they were locked um, but it was still a really cool lookout. We had like 360 degree yeah. views of of all of the mountains and valleys, and I'm and we're pretty sure we could see the ocean. Let's say we could see the ocean. Well, we're not sure. Or a lake. Could have been a lake. I like to think it was the ocean, <laughs> but it was it was a pretty spectacular view. Caden had a blast and just like climbed all the rocks and you know had a whole thing of cut up grapes to refuel and. Yeah, it was such a great way to spend our 100th day on the road. It's kind of surreal to like think, yeah, like, you know, we're four, over four months into this now. 
And I remember when we were just two weeks or even like four days <laughs> into yeah. traveling, how different it felt. So I felt, yeah, felt really grateful to be there in that moment. Yeah, 100 days feels like at least maybe maybe the first, among the first, you know, real milestones. Yeah. Um, and then it was really nice because after we finished the hike, we started our drive back and we just stumbled across this town, which I guess is really popular, <laughs> but we didn't really know about it. We had no idea. And... Okay, so it's pronounced Idlewild, but I much prefer what we thought it was. I mean, without really. I think I, I might have said it once as Idlewild or Idlywidly. I think, hey, I was saying it. <laughs> Sorry, I won't take your ridiculous <laughs> pronunciation. It's so much more fun, though. <laughs> Idlewild, Idlewild is a very cute small town. It's full of artists that have kind of come to the area. And a lot of them have opened up their own shops and galleries to sell their creations. And it's also, I guess, I guess it's so popular because it's on the route of the Pacific Crest Trail. So they tend to get a lot of visitors through their towns. And there's a lot of campgrounds also in the surrounding mm -hmm. areas. Um, but we really enjoy just kind of visiting some of the shops. It's really a magical town. And it's nice that um, there's no mainstream businesses that have come in there. They're completely void of any kind of chains. And so it's nice that it still has kind of the spirit and heart of the community there, even though it faces the same challenges as many other towns like that, where like it's getting it's expensive for locals to be there and whatnot. They had these three enormous trees in the middle of town square, totally decorated with bright Christmas lights. I have no idea how they got the lights that high, but it was... It's it was beautiful. a really magical thing as the sun set. And from Idly Wild, we... Uh, Are we sticking with it? Idlewild. <laughs> we, we, uh, we, we drove all the way back down to Palm Springs in the dark after that. But it was worth it to, to spend a couple of hours there. It was just a great way to cap off the day. That wasn't our only adventure that we did outside of uh, Palm Springs. Yeah, we really wanted to go to Joshua Tree. We were actually trying to find a way to go to Joshua Tree before Palm Springs and camp there, but they have a lot of limitations around dogs. And dogs are basically only allowed in the campground and on the, on the roads, basically like connecting. So they're not, they're not allowed on any of the trails. And so that combined with not really finding, you know, full hookups. Yeah, their campgrounds are all quite primitive. Like they are. No water. Yeah, no water, no electricity. Not even no water, but like some of the campgrounds just have no water anywhere. Like you can't find a single tap to get water in yeah, some of these campgrounds. Right. So we decided not to actually take our trailer into Joshua Tree, but we've, you know, what we tell everybody is the reason we have this truck with the Alu Cab is dual purpose. <laughs> it's like one is for Dan's office. But the other purpose, it's our weekend getaway vehicle, so we can actually go and camp in these places where we can't take our trailer. And so... But we had not done any weekend getaways <laughs> no. yet. It was time. It was time to camp. So we did a lot of preparation. I think we have gotten so comfortable with our trailer that we have forgotten what it's like to go camping. Yeah, we had... We were, like, packing up the truck 
and we're loading in like bin after bin of stuff for and the one, back seats are night. full yeah the alec has full yeah we look at each other we're like what are we doing <laughs> literally we're staying, for one night we're going away for one night <laughs> i meal prepped everything for this for like for the 24 hours ish we were gone because they There's didn't no have water. water yeah so i actually didn't know how to do dishes without water so there was a lot of like prep work that we needed to do but it was overall i think it was very successful and it was beautiful dan picked the perfect campsite it was in jumbo rocks campground yeah and i mean true to its name you have these huge 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 boulders and giant rocks and so caden is very rock obsessed so he loved it and the site dan found you can we could actually reverse our truck into and pop up the alu cab so that we could sleep and be near our truck whereas a lot of the other sites in the campground you park your vehicle and then you have to like walk into your site. Mm-hmm. Well, that meant we would have been sleeping like in a parking lot. And on our way towards Joshua Tree, we started to realize that the uh, good old cell signal on our phone was dwindling and dwindling and dwindling <laughs> down to like one little bar. And we thought to ourselves, well, maybe we should just download a movie or something offline just in case. So we, we ended up U-turning and just <laughs> and driving like, 500 meters back the other way to get a couple of bars, grabbed a movie or two offline, and continued on to Joshua Tree. And, and that, anyway, later that night, that turned out to uh, have been a good, a good choice. Yeah, I think so. We, yeah, we got settled to our campground, and it gets cold very quick in the desert. Um, we were bundled up eating dinner outside, and then got yeah, Caden I- off to bed. Luckily, we have a propane heater. Yeah, we cranked that up the uh, yeah the Dickinson propane here in the Alu cab. Yeah, totally worth it. Great to get some use in the back. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we managed to get Caden to bed up top in the Alu cab, and then we like carefully, you know, closed the hatch so he can't fall out. And Dan and I like sat on the floor of the Alu cab and watched a movie that night. And when the bed of the Alu cab is you know flat. There's not a lot of room below it. Like, I can't even sit on one of the bench seats without my head hitting the ceiling. And it ended up being a really nice, cozy, cozy evening. It was like, it was like a hyper-miniaturized version of being in a, in a cute little cabin in the woods with a roaring fire, <laughs> yes. but like miniature version. Very, very miniature. The stars, though, were amazing. Uh, we had never seen a sky like that before. Yeah, it was a real treat when taking Rory for her the night walk before we all tuck into bed and we just we both just saw this yeah the sky blanketed with stars and it turned out to to be a successful overnight trip and something that we hope to do again now that we have that the confidence um in some of that experience now so after palm springs and joshua tree we headed on to la um we were staying at an rv park in anaheim um, near family and yeah, that was, I mean, it is like after being in like these remote places and slowly moving our way into California, traffic in LA was unlike anything we'd seen since, I guess, leaving Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made it to the park. We met up with family and, you know, one of the first things we did was go to the ocean and it was Caden's first time seeing the ocean yeah it was rory's first time seeing the ocean too so that was really special just watching him on the beach and experiencing the waves and he was so tickled by the fact that the waves would come in and touch his toes and like go back 
Yeah, I thought that was really special after all the travel across Canada, across the U.S. Yeah. That moment where, like, you make it to the Pacific Ocean yeah, and you dip put your, your feet, feet in, in, especially to see Caden do that was really cool. Yeah, that was really fun. And there was just so much to do in that area for kids. Like, there was the beach, there was the Christmas light outing that we did with all the decorated trees and Santa and the train. Um, they have the most over-the-top playgrounds I've ever seen. We went to a library program and, you know, I, I've been to a lot of different library programs in all the states that we've traveled across. And this one was the most crowded, but also like the instructor had like, she was mic'd up. There was like a second person helping her. Like it was the most efficiently run program I have seen. I mean, I guess we should have known, like, this is Anaheim. This is the land of Mickey Mouse. Uh, yeah, there was, it was great. There was just so much to do. And the RV park also was so like, in Tucson, we had an RV park with citrus fruit. But in this one, we had, um, same thing. We had oranges instead of grapefruit. And we had two orange trees. One was tangerine. And the other one was navel oranges, I think. And we, yeah, we were allowed to pick the, they made it clear this time. You were allowed to pick the oranges. You're supposed to pick the ones that are on your site or that are like not on an occupied site. But multiple times we saw people sneak onto our site and they would sneak, take things out of our tree. And, um, I should have yelled at them. I know, but those oranges were so good. They were so good. As we were planning ahead for the holidays, we wanted to see if we could find somewhere really special to be. And so we wondered to ourselves, like, what would be a place that was really filled with Christmas spirit? And so through some research, we found this little Dutch town called Solvang. And uh, it's named the most Christmassy town in America. And we also learned that there is a Hallmark movie, like one of those, like, you know, Hallmark Christmas, bad Hallmark <laughs> Christmas movies that is named after it. And it, but it's not like just the normal bad Hallmark Christmas movie. It was terrible. It was so bad. So we had bad. to. Turn and we like, we watched the bad Hallmark Christmas movies. This yeah, was the a different level. Um, we did find another movie though. Yeah. We learned that the movie Sideways which is sort of like um, like a cult classic, I think. Um, I remember seeing the poster of it and the trailers back when it came out, but I don't, don't think I ever watched it. But Sideways takes place in Solvang, and the RV park we were staying at was right next to um, a hotel called Sideways, and it was renamed after that movie came out because the filming of Sideways happened in that hotel. So on our first day in Solvang, we, one of the things that was happening was Santa's Village and we were really looking forward to it, but it was packed. You could barely move. You could barely walk around. It was very overwhelming. And also like the Santa setup was a little disappointing. Like there was a nice, you know, Santa looking Santa. Um, but the, the display behind him was just these like wooden cutouts of trees and like a windmill. And he wasn't really a friendly Santa. He just, like, I, I don't know. Maybe from watching too many movies, I thought he would, like, you know, ask Caden some questions or interact with him. But Caden was so kind. He picked up a leaf to hand to Santa before he got there. And he was like, Santa doesn't need leaves and handed it to Dan. So 
We got him at the end of the day, though, so he might have been all ho ho ho'd out. Yeah, um, I guess so. But we were, yeah, we were a little nervous. Like, you know, we planned a week stay. It was Dan's first week of vacation as well, and we were like, "Is it going to be this busy every single day?" But it turns out, four days of rain really clears out the most Christmassy town in America, and yeah. we it just rained and rained and rained. Um, so we would go back to the town, you know, every time the rain would kind of clear for 30, 60 minutes. And we ended up trying so many Danishes. I think we tried like four different bakeries for Danishes. Uh, we also got a pretzel and then did a lot of Christmas shopping. Yeah, we had a daily Dana. Daily, a Danish a day. A Danish a day? Yeah. Danish? A Danish. As you like to call it. We had to try them all. We did. And in that area too, there was, um, there were, there were things to do in the surrounding area. So we went to ostrich land, which for some reason, you know, so well. Yeah. And some of the, and some of the work we'd been doing at Crowdrift, um, I just, I just remember one of these content creators, um, had gone to ostrich land and I could not forget the crazy video content of like this ostrich pecking away, like, at this bowl of food that they were holding up and, and they, all these ostriches running around. Yeah, they pull hard. I think they know they can grab that bowl out of your hands if they try. Those unsuspecting tourists that don't know how strong ostriches are. And it's just like, I don't know what it is about ostrich land, but I feel like if you're going to be in that area, you just got to hit it up. Like, it's not that long a visit, but you just got to go. It's like the most kitschy little thing. <laughs> it's just like, where else are you just going to like hang out with some huge ostrich. The highlight of our time in Solvango was definitely a beach day that we had. We drove down to Halama Beach, which was about an hour away. Yeah, yeah an hour away. And it's a surfer's paradise. Yeah, it's it's kind of someplace that's been sort of frozen in time. I think it's far enough off the highway and away from civilization that some of the reviews said that it's kind of like it's kind of like the surf towns used to be, or the surf spots used to be like a hundred years ago, um, in California. And, and so that was, it was pretty cool to, uh, to be down there. Um, there's just kind of one small shack to get some food. Um, there's campground, a small playground and, and the beach, the beach. And so, yeah, we set up shop for the day. We, we were the only ones that brought beach stuff. Yeah, we had our sand toys, our chairs, our blankets. It was, it definitely wasn't like, yeah, it's not like a white sandy beach. Like there was a lot of, yeah, yeah. I think it must, because of the way that like the bay works. Yeah, there's a lot of things that come in there. Yeah. Um, but we had such a nice time. It was beautiful weather. The only part that was a little unfortunate was after we finished one of our long beach walks, we realized that we had tar on the bottom of our feet. And on Caden's feet as well. We were walking barefoot um, by the water. And so I guess that's, I guess Halama Beach is known for that after the fact yeah. learned that tar does end up in that area. So yeah. But it's not easy to get off. It's, yeah. No. So we, yeah, a lot of like combinations of dish soap and oils. And anyway, we managed to, managed to get all cleaned up, but the sunset, I think, made up for it. It was, just gorgeous. So we really enjoyed our time in Solvang. And then from there, we headed off to visit with my family. And we all stayed together um, at a ranch. There was, I think, 17 of us um, all got together. And 
just had a blast <laughs> over the holidays. We, you know, everyone kind of took turns cooking and the kids were just having so much fun playing with each other. And the property itself was gorgeous. We could go on walks and there was a bunch of farm dogs there. And traveling full time on the road can be isolating and lonely at times. And so, um, you know, as we mentioned in the past, it's really special when you can have these opportunities to arrive at a place, visit family or have kind of family converge around you, especially at a time like the holidays, like at Christmas. And so I think it was extra special um, for us because of that, but also with Cadence, this is his first, is his second Christmas, but his first one where he's kind of understands more of what's going on. And he just sort of lit up seeing his grandparents and, and watching Caden interact with more family and other kids was really, really lovely. Okay. So we left off the last episode where we dropped off our trailer for servicing after our first kind of camping trip where we actually took our trailer out to a campground. And one of the biggest things that we needed fixed was a leak. And I think we forgot to tell you guys about this leak. I don't know how we forgot because <laughs> it was like one of the biggest shocks of our lives at that time. It was the worst. So so we bought the trailer used um, from this really nice man and I hadn't seen it. So after Dan bought it, we planned a trip out as a family and we go to the, the storage lot. Dan opens the door and I walk in and I was just like, why is everything wet? The bed, like the mattress was soaking wet. The floor had water and we felt terrible. <laughs> yeah, I, I was also shocked. Like, I was thinking to myself, there's no way that I missed this. Like when I was going through this place and I like front to back, top to bottom, there's no way that I could have missed such a gigantic leak that the bed was soaking wet. I know. Like, I was just, I was just, oh man, I didn't know what to do. I know. And it had been weeks, probably like who knows how long the water has been coming into our trailer. And in all of our research, we just know like mold and water are like the biggest yeah. enemies. And so it's like raining. It's the middle of winter. Caden was not happy. He was crying a lot. And we had to like find a Home Depot to buy supplies. <laughs> and so Dan's crawling up on the roof of the trailer and the storage lot. And he's like taping this garbage bag over where we think the leak is. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so yes, on our long list of things that we needed serviced, Fixing that leak was at the top of the list. And to this day, I still don't really know the leak. I still think it's possible. That I just like left the roof and open. Like, <laughs> like, I don't know. What if it was something as boneheaded as that? I don't know. We'll never but, like, know. But... We'll never really know. Um, but we needed to have it checked out anyway, just in case. Yeah. So. And we also want to make sure there's no like mold damage or anything like that. So our second camping trip was a chance to test out if that leak had actually been fixed, but also to see if there were any other issues that we needed to know about before we set out living full-time on the road with our family in this thing. And so this is a shakedown trip. You shake down all the equipment. Basically, you try to use everything. You try to kind of test everything in the elements. And oh boy, was this the, the trip 
that tested everything out. When we arrived there, we also needed to uh, empty our gray tank. Um, and there was just like, just like a series of really frustrating minor events that happened. Um, like I couldn't get the sewage hose out of the back bumper. Basically in most trailers, your, your sewage hose that runs your gray water and black water out into the kind of the sewage pipe in the ground that gets stored in your back bumper. Your back bumper is square. The sewage hose is circular and ours barely fit. In there. So I think I remember when we bought the sewage hose, I kind of like just shoved it in. And I was like, oh, it barely fits. And just squeak, future and just like squeak it in there. Yeah. I'm like, I'll figure it out. Um, but like, I could not get that thing. And so I ended up having to like jimmy it with a tent peg. And uh, just so that, and I eventually was able to like shimmy that thing out because otherwise that would have been the end of our shakedown trip pretty much right there. So we managed to get set up at the campground. We were at Brant Conservation Area, um, which was, you know, near Hamilton-ish. Brantford, I guess, is closer. (laughs) Um, and it, it was a nice spot for us. And so that first night, we got Kate into bed and we're finally in bed. And I think around 2 a.m., Dan kind of is moving around. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I think the furnace isn't working. I think we're out of propane. It's getting really cold. And so he's out of the trailer at 2 a.m. trying to like, you know, take the cover off of our propane tanks. We have three propane tanks at the front of our trailer. And he's switching them around and he gets the next one in, which is a fresh tank and tried the furnace again. And nothing's, nothing's lighting. It's still cold air coming out of it. It It's just getting colder and colder. And so, yeah, we were kind of out of options at that point. And so we ended up bringing Caden into our bed with us so that he didn't freeze. (laughs) But yeah, it was kind of that point in the night where it was like, like this is a tomorrow problem. Yeah, and exactly. If we're all going to survive, let's just like huddle up in one bed. Yeah. yeah. And we did manage to kind of get things sorted out the next day. We also ran to Canadian Tire and bought electric heaters because usually we're hooked up to electricity anyway. So, yeah, so we made it through the first night. Um, you managed to troubleshoot and figure out how to fix the furnace. I did. I took the, yeah, I, I opened it out um, on the outside and cleaned up the seal switch and that thankfully fixed it. Yeah. And then we went into our next full day and we had, we wanted to test out not just like this, the trailer and the systems, but also like the lifestyle. We needed it to be like a realistic simulation. Yeah. Not just a camping trip. We're we're both on vacation. So Dan's working and I'm with Caden and we're doing our usual, you know, either cooking or playing and getting a bit into our routine. And so that that was working out okay. And you didn't even have the Alu cab at this point. You were like working in the driver's seat of the truck. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that bad. It was pretty comfortable. It was hot during the day, though. It was, um, yeah. So then you got to open the windows and the bugs come in. And But I'd, I'd figured out how to kind of build this wooden plank that if I put that up, uh, rest of that on the, on the door, armrest and then all the way across to the center console which were both level it actually created a little desk yeah for me in the in the truck so that was the beginning of my truck office <laughs> yeah. and then the rain came and it just rained and rained i think for four days straight <laughs> and so we you know the campground was really nice but we did see a few earwigs here and there and- usually you see them around the sewage but 
I think with the rain, we just started seeing more and more and more. <laughs> We'd been noticing that we would just like see them crawling around just in the grass, like in the middle of the field. There's just like earwigs wandering around. And I was like, this is weird. It's like earwigs almost like in the numbers or in the ways you'd see ants moving around. So we set up our tent, like our camping tent, because it was just nice to have like a big indoor play space to hang out also. It also gave us some shade because um, it was really hot when it wasn't raining. And so I unzipped our tent to go in. And I remember unzipping it and stepping in the tent and not realizing that in the fold of the zipper, there were like tens and tens, like probably 20 earwigs that just all fell into the tent with me. I was like, oh, it was so gross. I've just, I've Ugh. never seen so many earwigs in my entire life <laughs> as on this one trip. since then, we've never thankfully seen. Thankfully since then. It's just, it's almost a weird anomaly. Like, I just think, like, they all, all the earwigs just hang out there for Maybe. some reason. So, yeah, it just kept raining. I ended up getting sick. I was still recovering from, like, a, I tore my tendon a few months ago in my shoulder, and so things were still pretty sore. And, yeah, we were we were feeling pretty run down after all the the weather, so... There was just this crazy thunderstorm and it actually hailed. And I remember Dan and I were sitting in the front of the truck. Caden was sleeping and just watching the hail hit the glass. And we were like, this is crazy. You know, and just watching some like our poor trailer, <laughs> some trashy, uh, selling TV. sunset. <laughs> we're eating dinner and the hail was so bad. Like it was like bouncing off the windshield of the truck. I don't know how Caden slept. Yeah. I don't know how he slept through it. It was. It was oh loud. And so we were trying to decide what to do because Dan had to go into Toronto for work for like two consecutive days. And we were debating whether he should commute from the campground and be gone like basically the full day. Mm -hmm. um, by the time he'd get back, it'd be really late. Um, or should we kind of just go to Mississauga and regroup? And so we were back and forth on it. And we finally decided that, okay, like, yes, like, let's just go home. Let's just take a chance to like reset. Because things had not been going all that, you know, they weren't all that rosy so far. So a chance to kind of reset was good. But yeah, yeah, we really didn't think it could go further downhill at that point. We didn't think it'd get any worse, <laughs> but it got worse. So we go inside to go to bed, and Dan, well, Dan, I went inside. Dan went to go dump the gray tank because it was full, and so he dumped the tank, and then he came back and he opened the door and. We were just chatting for a minute because there was kind of like a poopy smell in the air and we were dumping our gray tank, which for those of you who aren't familiar with dumping tanks, it's not your sewer. Yeah, it's your shower. It's water your shower and your, your dish kitchen. Yeah. Uh, dish water. So we were a little concerned because again, we're new to this. We were wondering, did we make some sort of mistake or something? And I mean, now we know like we didn't make a mistake. When you dump a whole bunch of water, no matter what water is into the sewer, you get some smells out sometimes, yeah. depending on, you know, how that septic works so, at that park. As Preeti and I were kind of debating this back and forth and curious about the smell, yeah. I was actually standing outside the door of the trailer. The door was like, just open a crack. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Rory basically dashes by me, but almost so fast. I didn't even realize so it was fast. And I just remember you ran, you like ran after her and you were shouting, and I just thought, and like, Rory's a rescue. We keep her on a leash. Yes, yeah, sorry, Rory is like, never 
not I mean, on a leash because yeah, of this. We have fears of her just catching a scent, running away, and never being able to find her way back. And that's, yeah, that's like literally what I thought happened. I was like, this is it. She's gone. And so I get up out of bed. I'm like running to the door. But then she comes running back, and I was so relieved. I was like, get inside. Yeah. And I was like saying the command to get her to touch my hand. And so she runs in, and Dan's like, no. He's like, she just got skunked. And as I was like, get out of the trailer. So we've seen this huge, huge skunk waddling around this campground. Yeah, the resident. It seemed like a resident skunk. Yeah, the other And we've been cautious camp. and watching, like, yeah. to avoid it. But it's just, I don't know what it is about skunks so and I dogs. Guess it's terrible. Yeah, and it turns we heard a out, scuffle, I think, underneath yeah, the truck. it turns out that she got skunked under her truck, which was oh. also yeah. sad. Um, but we both know Rory's gotten skunked before. We won't share that story here. Um, but we both know that the odors and the oils can really stick into things. So we didn't want her in the trailer because we didn't know how we could clean that. So we kept her outside. So we knew there was like the trailer has an outdoor shower as well. So we figured if we can figure out some sort of concoction to make to like shampoo this dog in the middle of the night. Then we had this outdoor shower, which I think, yeah, Preeti realized we could use. Um, but then we needed to figure out what kind of concoction to make to help. So Preeti's like a master at finding stuff on the internet. And uh, I don't know how she does it, but she finds what is like the most perfect homemade skunk shampoo and she starts reading out the ingredients to me and we realized by some insane stroke of luck that we happen to have all these ingredients in our trailer with us for some crazy reason yeah i think like we'd bought you know we had don dish soap because we bought it like literally that day mm -hmm. to do our dishes and we bought hydrogen peroxide because of the potential mold from the leak See, if it wasn't had. for the leak we, we wouldn't have the hydrogen peroxide <laughs> then we wouldn't have been able to save our dog i know and you bought yeah baking soda so baking soda like why did worked. we for some reason have baking soda on our first shakedown trip? i don't know but that but we did. concoction worked brilliantly poor i mean poor rory she yeah, was like it was cold shivering out, just we're... dousing her in water oh man she's just like i mean she didn't have to oh. run out and get skunked i know yeah it's not not our fault <laughs> no it was that so, was yeah, like we're scrubbing her down sudsing her up and then it was so late i know it's so late not what we yeah but oh. i think that definitely solidified our decision to go home and regroup yeah. but after that you know we went back to the, you know, we stayed home for a couple of days, came back. I think we had two weeks booked for mm -hmm. the shakedown trip. And things went uphill after that. The sun came out. We got a ton of projects done in our trailer. We had all these little improvements that we wanted to do to not, to make it like very livable and functional, which was so nice. Actually, one funny story regarding all the, uh, the upgrades we did in that second week was uh, we'd wanted to install a reverse camera on the trailer. So basically mm -hmm. that means that... Uh, you install this camera on the very back of the trailer. That means that when you're driving in the truck, you have a display. It's a wireless camera. You have a display that shows you what's happening at the back of your trailer because obviously your rear view mirror doesn't work through the trailer on the way. And, uh, and for us newbies, we thought like when driving on the highway or reversing or changing lanes, wouldn't that be nice? Mm -hmm. So 
once again, my father happens to come out to visit that day. I think it was Father's um, Day, too. It was Father's Day. <laughs> we had so, a special Father's you know, Day project. Yeah, it was my gift was a special, yeah, father-son thing. So we, uh, so we start drilling holes in the back of the trailer. Uh, I'm grateful to everybody online who provided, you know, some kind of some tips along the way. But we get the, the camera installed and we plug it in. We plug in the, the trailer cable into the, into the truck. And at this point, everything is just supposed to work, but it doesn't. And we're not sure why it doesn't work. So we troubleshoot it a bit. We realize like it has power, like the, the camera at the back has power. There's a light on, but it's not actually communicating back to the, the display. Mm-hmm. And so while my dad and I are troubleshooting it, of course, Preeti turns to the internet and <laughs> using her, again, incredible incredibly fast research skills, realizes that for some particular reason, there is a power issue with that camera, in particular with the combination with our heavy-duty GMC truck. It's like a GMC truck problem. And so to, to test this out, we decided that we would plug it into, because my, my parents have a Highlander, that we'd plug it into their Highlander just to see. And sure enough, it works. You've got what, a Highlander is not a small car, but it looks a little bit dinky next to this heavy-duty truck. And so, I'm sure your parents will appreciate hearing that. Other. <laughs> it's just not, it's just, uh, I mean, it's not small, but it depends, it's all relative. So, um, so you plug it in and it works. And so, I mean, uh, I felt like, you know, all this money for this fancy truck and it can't even power a little a little camera um anyway of course the company has like some 50 dollar adapter, ad- adapter yeah. you have to buy that boosts the signal but give me a break so um it's funny you know all of these jobs always require some kind of a hurdle um at the end and that was just you know one of the additional projects that we many uh projects that we got done yeah we had like a full project plan and checklist but it was i mean i'm happy to like after the two weeks were up it was a very successful trip i wasn't sure before if like you know it was a sign from the universe that we shouldn't do this like with the hail and the storms and the skunking, the skunking and earwigs yeah or if it was like the, the opposite furnace. which is like here's all these challenges and you've you know you found a way to get through each one i'm really glad we did two weeks because obviously oh, if we did one week it's been a very sad and none of this would ever happen we wouldn't we, we would wouldn't have just be sold on, everything you know podcast <laughs> but i'm really happy we did a true simulation yeah um we really like really tried to make it realistic it was important that um, we did it that way we did we learned how to really troubleshoot these things together obviously like, we're already pretty good at working together but but we didn't have to troubleshoot all these new new challenges together with the trailer yeah and it gave us enough time to come out the other end and ended up building our confidence a lot it really did yeah so this wraps up how we yeah went from dreaming up this lifestyle to purchasing our rigs to preparing for all the things that you know come with living on the road full time and actually doing our shakedown trip and seeing if we did handle (laughs) this lifestyle. So thanks for listening again and I'll see you next time.